0: Every spring, I spend as much time as I can looking for warblers. The warblers hardly ever notice me. They're on a mission. In the same way, the human characters in Scott Weidensahl's A Warbler's Journey see the yellow warbler just briefly, and the warbler pays no attention to them. These characters are in Nicaragua, the United States, and Canada. I asked Scott how he crafted the book to make them realistic.
1: I'm an old white guy, and Nancy Lane, who did the beautiful illustrations for the book, is also white and we're portraying a Latin American girl in Nicaragua, an African American grandmother and her grandson along the Gulf Coast, and a Dene family in the Northwest Territories. And so we made a point of reaching out to folks in all three of those communities to share the illustrations and share the text just to make sure that we weren't striking any false cultural notes. Uh, So it was Jefferson Shriver, who's a shade coffee farmer in Nicaragua that I'd gotten to know a couple of years ago and Joita Martinez, who's a biologist in Louisiana and one of the founders of Black Birders Week. And finally, Iris Catholic up in the community of Lutzel Cay, uh, up in the Northwest Territories. And all of them very kindly reviewed what we had and made suggestions, particularly on both the Gulf Coast and the Northwest Territory artwork. And I want to just make a particular shout out here to Nancy Lane, who did the illustrations, who was as concerned and focused on accuracy as I was. And went back in, in some cases repeatedly to, to alter and tweak and change artwork to get the birds right, to get the habitat right, to get aspects of community, you know, the, the look of the community at, at, uh, in the Northwest Territories and aspects of clothing to, to get them right. And, you know, it ended up being a huge amount more work for her than she was anticipating when she took on this job but the results speak for themselves.
0: Scott designed a great map showing the general species range overlaid with this particular warbler's route. I asked how he'd come up with that.
1: To show that this, you know, this is this is one bird out of hundreds, you know, goodness, probably tens of millions of of yellow warblers making making that trip across a million potential different, different routes. And then of course, at the, in, the, in the back of the book for, for the grownups who are reading the book, we've got a lot of information there about what people can do to help migratory birds like yellow warblers. how they can participate in community science, keeping their cats inside, buying shade-grown coffee if they're, if they're coffee-drinking adults, and noting the work that, for example, those indigenous communities are doing in, in Canada to protect a lot of the breeding grounds for many of these boreal migrant songbirds.
0: Scott has banded thousands of birds on the Gulf and also over much of the yellow warbler's huge breeding range. I asked them how many individual yellow warblers he's held in his hands.
1: Oh my goodness, that's a good question. A lot, certainly a lot, particularly back in the days when I was doing a lot of banding along the Gulf Coast every spring. We'd get a lot of yellow warblers coming through you know, these trans-gulf migrants. And that's, for me, probably the one part of the the story in that book that is, is most vivid to me is the trans Gulf migration, because I got to see that year after year after year for almost 15 years on the coast of Alabama, watching these birds that have just flown 25, 35, 40 hours nonstop across the Gulf, coming through enormous storms sometimes, and have seen what it looks like after the passage of the big storm, when there's all these little feathered bodies washing up in the beach, the birds that made it, you know, 599 and a half miles, and they couldn't make it that last half mile to shore. So, you know, understanding, you know, really the the extraordinary effort that these birds must make every year. And yet driven by instinct. And I, I try to get a little bit inside the head of this, of, of the bird in the book. And I, I, I sort of, I sort of, I sort of imagine a sense of calm deliberation and determination that this is what she was meant to do. The the strength of her ancestors are in her wings and, you know, she has no choice. This is, this is what she needs to do right now through storms and long nights and exhaustion and across thousands of miles. I mean, that's what she's, that's what she's meant for.
0: I told him how I appreciated how he wrote so respectfully about the warbler, not anthropomorphizing her or giving her a cute human name.
1: Yeah, and in fact, it would not at all surprise me to find out that many birds have individual names that they recognize and to which they answer. I mean, particularly if we're talking about highly intelligent, highly social birds like corvids and parrots and... Karakaras. I think we're finding out the caracaras are way smarter than anybody expected. I don't know if yellow warblers do, but you know, if you could prove it to me, I'm not sure I'd be entirely surprised. And so, yeah, I think respectful is a really good way of putting it, I'm trying to give these birds space to be, to be the organisms that they are.
0: A Warbler's Journey by Scott Wiedensahl and illustrated by Nancy Lane will be released on May 14th, but it's available for pre-order from most bookstores. I can't wait to get my hard copy. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.